we, 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 we don't mess around. No, we, oh, I'm sorry. Um, doing a high school, uh, uh, high school sports chat. We don't mess around. No. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It is Saturday night. It is 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, my name is Tony Visick, and you are watching something that we call, and we call it this because it is its name, Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Uh, this is your daily reprieve from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla enveloping our world today. It's where we take a break from the uh, must-needed tasks that we are already, uh, all, that we are already facing on a regular basis, including getting entire sentences out of our mouth. Um, usually come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, but we decided uh, sometime back to do Saturday night at 7. The reason for 7 p.m. was that when we first started the uh, podcast, nothing was open anywhere except for uh, grocery stores and pharmacies. Uh, the entire country was shut down and there was nothing to do on Saturday night. Uh, and there was no new uh, productions going on coming out of um, uh, Hollywood, for lack of a better term. Uh, any film company, television company, just not, not a lot of new stuff. So we thought maybe we'd fill that gap in a very minor way with a Saturday night show. Now, of course, uh, even though the pandemic, uh, the numbers are going up as far as uh, confirmed tests and confirmed deaths. Everybody's running out in the street and uh, dancing in the street like it's 1967 or a bunch of hippies at a Grateful Dead free concert in, in uh, Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. So uh, the reason for the show is no longer necessary except that we enjoy doing it. So uh, so here we are. Here we are. Uh, regular, uh, regular attendees to these events know that this show is based around three things. That we are on three, we are on uh, uh, three different types of media and the show is based on three things. You can listen to us on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. If you're listening there right now, you know that. You know, I'm, I'm listening right here. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel and you, of course, can watch us on Facebook Live uh, and it originates on the Tony Visick page, just my page, not my fan page. Just my personal page, Tony Visick. I should up that, I suppose, but I haven't done it yet. So um, those are the three places you can watch. It's based on three things. Interaction with you, the audience, as you leave questions and comments here on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on the podcast. Also, also, it's based on um, uh, me sharing with you some little bric-a-brac, uh, memento, souvenir, some weird thing that I had sitting around the house here. Jonathan Gregory says that he loves me. Damn it, John, I love you too. Jonathan Gregory is one of the funniest people, and if he's standing anywhere he's standing for three feet around him, three-foot radius, he's the funniest person at three-foot radius, and I stand by that statement, and I will, uh, I will uh, toe-wrestle anyone who uh, disagrees. So, <laughs> Jonathan Gregory's a funny guy. If you get a chance to see him live or uh, when we soon have him back, on uh, Tony Visick presents, presents Sunday Night's Funnier, uh, our Zoom stand-up comedy shows. You want to catch him because he is hilarious. Um, so uh, I share something with you from here in the office, although tonight it's a little different. And then I recommend two artists or piece of music based off my vast vinyl album collection. And I'm still trying to figure out whether to go obscure and weird or really kind of super mainstream of the classic rock era 
with uh, what I recommend music-wise, and I won't, I won't be able to uh, decide that until the last minute. Hello, Ed Ferguson. Speaking of music, I uh, got in the mail not too long ago. Um, the magazine, uh, the magazine I've been, there's two magazines I've been a long-term subscriber to. Time Magazine and Rolling Stone. Um, and the fact of the matter is, even though I still get the hard copies of those, I um, kind of just thumb right through them. And any articles I'm going to read are online. But somehow I still get them. It's a big pain in the ass to cancel subscription. It costs almost nothing to have the subscriptions. But uh, I ran across a big article in the current Rolling Stone by a... Um, I can't, you can't say they're a journalist based on uh, the piece, uh, an opinion writer. They're a culture writer, a culture writer named E.J. Dickerson or Dixon. I'll look it up and get it right. Let's say E.J. Dixon. And I apologize, E.J., if you ever watch this and I got your name wrong at the outset, but I believe it is Dixon. Uh, Rolling Stone uh, brought us some of the, um, brought us uh, the original Gonzo uh, journalist, Hunter Thompson, uh, great investigative reporters like Matt Tabai, uh, incredible interviews with some of the real cultural shape, uh, shapers and shapeshifters of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. As a boy, it was a Bible. It was the alternative media that gave us the facts and the truth, more the uh, truth under the truth for many years and kept us up to date on everything going on in rock music. Like many things, it changes over time, and we change over time uh, in its uh, attempt to stay current, of course, uh, which it should, and speak to an audience that... Um, uh, buys a lot of disposable products, music, magazines, etc. Uh, most of the musicians they talk about now are newer, and a lot of them are fantastic, but not necessarily those that I'm familiar with. Uh, the great journalists are either uh, have left, or uh, uh, the great uh, Jan Werner has sold the magazine, and it's a different magazine. And I never agreed with everything in Rolling Stone anyway. But it was a great magazine. As Time Magazine had become a great magazine in the 60s and 70s into the 80s, Rolling Stone was a great magazine, and I suppose it still is. But I read an article by, by E.J. Dixon, and the article, you could find the article. I don't, remember, I don't have the exact title in front of me, but in it she posits that since Cops has been canceled and Live PD has been canceled, that Law & Order, SVU, should be canceled as well. Her, her premise is that Law & Order, SVU, portrays cops as heroic and good guys, and that that is a lie. That is a lie. And that, therefore, Law & Order, SVU, is perpetuating a myth. And towards the end of the article, she basically says that all cops are bad people. Now, I've been on both sides of this for much of my life. As a young Wild boy in Jefferson County, I certainly had sometimes a contentious relationship with law enforcement, but also developed good friendships with law enforcement over time. As an alcoholic with a drinking problem and a set of car keys, I had contentious times with law enforcement in Los Angeles in the 80s. Not all police officers are good guys. Not all sheriffs are wonderful people. But a lot are. But that's not even what the article's about. This woman puts forward at the show, Law & Order SVU should be canceled because it perpetuates a myth. Now, here's the interesting thing. She goes on about, um, and I, I always pronounce her name wrong. Is it Mar Margista Haggerty, Cheryl? No, no, 
Mar- Mariska Haggerty, who is, of course, Jane Mansfield's daughter, if you know anything about that, who's been on the show now for 21 years and who the show centered around, is where she put most of her um, uh, ire, uh, pointing out that Olivia Benson was a myth. But here's the interesting thing about Law and Order SVU. One of the main characters who's been with the show almost from the beginning, from the second or third season, is none other than the legendary, extremely talented, charismatic, great actor, musician, writer, and author, Ice-T. Ice-T. Who I believe in his younger years wrote the song, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, Fuck the Police. Wasn't that an Ice-T tune? Okay. Ice-T... One of the most important members, one of the most important gangster rappers of the 80s and 90s who took rap from kind of a silly hip-hop sing-song sort of uh, uh, pop art form into a, a way to express the outrage and injustice in not only the black community, but in America everywhere, has been on Law and Order for at least 19 years. And if E.J. Dixon has her way, And you know what? You got to say, maybe we have made some progress, you know? Certainly what happened in Minneapolis would totally, totally, Kevin Brown saying no. No to what, Kevin? Kevin Brown saying no to what? Uh, uh, Fin, fin Tatula. I don't know what that means. People are saying weird things right now. But we have gone from uh, fuck the police to defund the police. And maybe that's progress. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the fact of the matter is, if Law and Order SVU, SVU is pulled from production, a bunch of people, including one of the most important and legendary gangster rappers of all time, uh, Kevin Brown says, Ice-T wrote Cop Killer with his hard rock metal band Body Count. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cop Killer, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Finn's his name on the show. Finn Tatula, okay. Uh, Finn was... Uh, 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 Finn was Ice Cube's character. All right, you guys are now starting to mess with me. Anyway, if this young lady has her way, and if they decide, uh, Ice Cube and NWA wrote Fuck the Police. Yes. Okay. All right. Man. I think I got that wrong. But still, Ice-T. Ice-T wrote Cop Killer. Ice-T is an important guy. <laughs> And he'll be out of a job if E.J. Dixon gets her away. I should probably prepare for these shows a little more. I don't know. <laughs> but it just struck me that if she gets her away, one of the most important gangster rappers of uh, the 20th century would be out of work. But uh, you know what? It's not my place to try to defend the jobs of people who are now multimillionaires. Uh uh, multi-millionaires who, uh, if they lost their job tomorrow, still have more money in the bank than most third world nations. It's not my, um, iced tea, iced cube, typical white boy. <laughs> At my age, I prefer a white feller. Yeah, white feller. Um, I am defending Ice T's job. Ice T should be able to continue with his work. Ice T should be able to continue Going, I don't know, I think you're wrong about this, Captain. That ain't the way it works on the street. I think that should continue. 
I don't think that some young lady who writes for Rolling Stone, who probably has had a privileged existence and never had to go through the kind of boyhood and childhood that Ice-T had to go through, should be able, on the dint of one article, ruin his job and career by saying he's on some show that perpetuates racism. That's what I got to say. All right. DJ Payne is watching. Okay, Abhinav Goyal is watching. Ed Ferguson's watching. A lot of people are watching. Um, uh, hopefully, when I when I mess up the facts that much, not the the, the whole world isn't watching. The whole world is watching. The whole world is watching. Uh, and let, just let me just say this about the uh, deal in Seattle. Um, I'm against uh, people taking over streets and and uh, where uh, innocent bystanders uh, lose their jobs. Um, uh, DJ Payne says Ice T had a pretty. Pretty hardcore metal band. He can do whatever he wants. Yes, he can. Um, but uh, for those who are hysterical over what's going on in Seattle right now, thinking that's the end of civilization, I got some names for you. Hoovervilles, People's Park, Columbia University, and Occupy Wall Street. Hoovervilles, People's Park, Columbia University, and Occupy Wall Street. You're all familiar with Occupy Wall Street. It's when a group of people uh, took over and camped out in the street near Wall Street for weeks and weeks on end a couple years back, uh, protesting against uh, uh, naked corporate capitalism, uh, stealing from the uh, poor and giving to the rich. That was their protest. It came and it went. Columbia University during uh, the Vietnam War, a group of Protesters took over the president's office and the entire administration building at Columbia University. They took it over and made demands at the war end. They eventually left and things went back to normal. By the way, they were right to ask that the Vietnam War be ended. By the way, the people who, um, uh, the people at Occupy Wall Street were right to say that there is uh, some inherent unfairness in the capitalist system right now that should be addressed. Now let's go to People's Park in Berkeley. In the 1960s, students and hippies and street people took over a park in Berkeley and declared it the People's Park and had demands for justice and for freedom. And they occupied it for quite some time and eventually they left and things went back to normal. They were right to protest the right to be able to speak out freely and other issues. And Hoovervilles, way back in the late 20s, when when uh, the economy had collapsed and countless war veterans marched on Washington demanding their war pensions from what they had gone through in World War I and weren't being paid at the time and camped out in Washington, D.C. Eventually, they sent Dwight D. Eisenhower on horseback with other soldiers to clear them out. Things went back to normal. Where Hooverville was, you can walk. Where People's Park was, you can walk. You can't walk through the president's office at Columbia University, but I imagine if you had an appointment, had a reason to be there, you could. And you can walk around on Wall Street. This too shall pass. It is not the end of the world. I don't agree with people taking over entire city blocks, especially because there are people who have businesses there. There are people of different ethnic minorities. There are people of color. There are women. There are Jewish people. There are Muslim people. There are Baha'i people. There are Baptist people that live and work there and have put their life savings into businesses that are not being ruined because it's been taken over by this group. But pass. DJ Payne says Seattle lost their credibility when they sold the Sonics to Oklahoma. Yes. 
And by the way, DJ, I know the guy who engineered that. I actually did a press conference with none other than the uh, famous or infamous Clay Bennett, who is now president of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who came in with the CLC, uh, when the Supersonics were in uh, financial trouble, sort of like a, a rescue mission, a rescue mission. And I remember watching and going, he's going to take that team to Oklahoma. People, no, he's not. No, he's not. And he said he wasn't. I go, he's an Oklahoma guy. And with a few years, they took the uh, they took Seattle's team to uh, Oklahoma City. We'll see if they're going to play July 31st. Uh, Kylie Irving and a couple other players are saying they're not interested in um, this current uh, configuration. Of the NBA is supposed to start July 31st. The whole every team in Orlando on a giant campus playing games on a regular basis. That uh, some of the superstars aren't interested. LeBron's interested. I know Kawhi Leonard's interested. Uh, and that's all that really matters to me, <laughs> as long as I get to see the Clippers. Okay, I've gone on. I've uh, I've rambled. Now let's get to the knickknacks and brick brick. And what have I got here for you? That's right. I got another bobblehead. All right. I don't collect bobbleheads, but I know I have about, I think I'm pushing 20. Okay. And uh, by the way, uh, it's a used bobblehead. As you can see, it's sadly, it's bad. It's broken. Okay. Uh, oh, it's broken on purpose. I didn't realize that. Now, you have the producer of this show, who happens to be my wife, Shirley Lovisic, uh, responsible for a lot of this bobblehead thing because she would point them out to me at a, um, at a thrift store that we go to, and they seem to roll them out about once a week. And this is Justin Upman, and this was given out on a Pepsi Max Zero Calorie, so it must have been a Diet Pepsi night at the old ballpark down at Chase Field. And uh, no, it's not Cattell Marte. It is um, Justin Upton. And on the back, see what I first got it out of the box. Shirley brought home because I got another bobblehead for you. I went, Damn it. Okay, great. Um, um, I said, oh, look, the bat's broken. But on the back, it says broken bat home run September 19, 2011 versus the Pirates. So this guy versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. And look at that. It's a good bobblehead, man, because look at how that head bobbles. Hey, 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 how are you doing here? What's going on? Hey, what are you doing? What's going on here? Um, this guy broke his bat and hit a home run against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. For some reason, they didn't think it was important to put Pittsburgh on the back. And uh, on the bottom there, I don't know if you can see, this is a well-put-together bobblehead, by the way. Uh, look at that. You got the home plate. You got the broken bat. That's uh, pretty neat. So, uh we're adding this to the bobblehead collection, which now, oddly enough, uh, contains more Arizona Diamondbacks than anything else. And I refuse, and let me say this under the strongest possible terms, I refuse to start going online and buying bobbleheads. The only way I'm going to buy bobbleheads is if I'm some, some thrift store and I come across them, because then it's a fine, then it's special. You start buying this shit online and then it's no big deal anymore. People are just sending it to you. What's that? And then, and then you're a collector. And I'm not a collector. I do not collect bobbleheads. I'd like to point that out. Unless you count some of the comics that I hang around with. Okay. Upton. I did say Upton. You said Cattell Marte. And I said it's Justin Upton. What did I say? Did I, did I screw that up like I did Ice Bucket? It's not Ice Bucket, is it? Uh, ice Cube. Ice Tea. Uh... Ice lemonade. Okay, what do we got here music-wise we're going to talk about now? I think I'm going to go cheesy. I think I'm going to go weird. 
I'm going to go back in time, ladies and gentlemen, before any of our time, back to, uh, for some of us who are in our 60s and 70s, actually to our parents' time, I have an album here, and this was in every parent's collection, at least one, and it always led to one question, why? A Jackie Gleason album. That's right, Jackie Gleason. Look at that. Look at that cover. So on the cover there is uh, some, look at that. How cool is that? Some sort of uh, uh, chanteuse. Whoop, the album's falling up. A uh, chanteuse, a singer, a torch singer, who's uh, a couple drinks in and deep in thought. Behind her sits the piano player. Eh? In a beautiful dress with a fur coat on. Uh, <coughs> Kevin Brown said Vanilla Ice. Yeah, what about him? What about Vanilla Ice? Where's his voice? Uh, this is Jackie Cleese presents in high fidelity on Capitol Records. Music, martinis, and memories. Music, martinis, and memories. And on the back, we got a picture of old Jackie himself. One of the funniest comedians ever. Coming out of vaudeville and bringing us the Honeymooners and the Jackie Gleason Show. For those you don't remember, uh, he opened up the Jackie Gleason Show where he'd come out and he'd sit in a chair with a teacup and he'd take a drink out and go, mmm, uh, intimating the had booze in it and the whole audience would laugh because you weren't supposed to drink on camera. Um, the songs on here are all great torch songs. Once in a while, I can't get started. I got it bad and that ain't good. I remember you, I love her, unforgettable. How high is the moon? I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you in all the familiar places. The song has ended. It could happen to you. The nearness of you. Yesterday, Shangri-La. Somebody loves me. Tie my hands at my idea. And on the back, it says, Music, martinis, and memories. Each creates a, wonderful, a wonderfully soft romantic haze. Put them all together and you have a very special effect. A mood whose warmth and tenderness are irresistibly appealing the memories and the martinis should be yours of course the music may be provided by someone else and nobody can do that more expertly than jackie gleason away we go his famous album presentations lovely ballads richly orchestrated and featuring the lyric trumpet of bobby hackett are remarkably conducive to an intriguing sentimental spell so this was music to bang to this was bang bang music well, they didn't call it then. It was mood music. They have a martini and put this on. Uh, there was a, an, entire, um, an entire series of Jackie Gleason mood music albums. And it was uh, for music lovers only. Music to make you misty. Tawny and Lover's Rhapsody. But this was music, martinis, and memories. So this was all uh, instrumental music that uh, if you were um, kind of like a hip cat, think of a guy... In the late 50s, living on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, who uh, was a Columbia Law School graduate, who um, wore uh, sweaters that only buttoned at the bottom, and horn rim glasses, and uh, went to poetry readings, and hung out in coffee houses with beatniks, but at the same time, still uh, had Brooks Brothers suits, having a young lady over to his apartment on the 25th floor, and she comes up in her fur coat and her chiffon gown, he says, are we going out? He goes, yes, but first, shouldn't we have a drink? She goes, well, what do you guys, do you care for a martini? Goes, well, yes, I would. The ultimate in sophistication. 
And he shakes it up for her, puts it in a glass, and puts on Jackie Gleason's music, martinis, and memories. And that might be why some of you are here right now. Because of alcohol and a really cheesy album that somehow a great big overweight comic put out as a way to put people in the mood for life. So if you ever run across those, they're pretty funny. Um, and now something that put everybody in the mood when I was a kid. Here it is. Shouldn't even put this out here. It's too easy. Everybody already knows what that is, but this is an original copy bought during the time it was a big hit. Okay, this is Pink Floyd. This is the album. This is the album. This is one of the biggest hit albums of all time. With Breathe, Time, Money, boom, ba da dum ba boom. Us and them, brain damage and eclipse. This is one of the largest selling albums and an album that was uh, uh, ubiquitous everywhere in America and England all throughout the 70s. One of the most played, Dark Side of the Moon, stunning piece of work. One that if you were like me, the songs on this, you got tired of them. Just like you got tired of Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven because FM radio played them so often. But after not listening to them for years, put them on when you've got some free time, your mind is clear, and there's nothing to do. And listen to Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. And listen to Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. And once again, be amazed at the music that one blues-based band and one prog rock band put out that became the soundtrack to our lives. Sure, it's no Jackie Gleason, it's no Jackie Gleason music, memories, and martinis. But I imagine that Pink Floyd had more to do with putting people in the mood in the 70s because of the like-minded thought, and because you were probably tripping balls, okay? And uh, you're sitting in some trailer or some apartment somewhere in South St. Louis or in Fenton, Missouri, or uh, anywhere in Iowa or Indiana or England or California or Washington or Mexico City. And you're both tripping balls and this is playing and there was nothing else to do but to co-mingle and to become one with another person and the music. Okay, you know what? I think I've covered everything that I care to cover tonight. As a matter of fact, I probably care, covered things they don't care to cover. I've showed you a bobblehead. We've talked about Jackie Gleason, funny guy, put out some crazy albums. He put his name on and Pink Floyd. Uh, I'm going to be back with you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Tomorrow at 2 p.m. is when I'm going to be back. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ro Bob Rocky says Sid Barrett. Yes, that's right. Sid Sid got screwed, didn't he? All right. A lot of people had sex as the Pink Floyd, but Sid Barrett, he got screwed. Um, if you want me to explain that to you, write to me and I'll explain it to you. I'll write to Bob Rocky. Okay. Um, I'm going to be back tomorrow with you at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, our regular time for living on a thin line. Then tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. There's no reason for anyone watching right now not to immediately go to ComedySchools.com, buy a ticket to watch Tony Vizic present Sunday Night's Funnier, Kevin Brown, Jim Perry, Andrew Irwin, very funny group of comics, only 10 bucks. That 10 bucks buys you three things. It buys you entertainment. It also helps pay the comics, therefore keeping the economy going. And we donate, as we did today, we drove out and donated a, a little bit of money to the Maricopa Food Pantry, helping people, helping people, helping keep people fed throughout Pinal County. And you can be part of that just by buying a ticket tomorrow night. 
All right. And how do you get a ticket? Go to comedyschools.com. Thank you, Ed Ferguson. Good seeing you. Bob Rocky, Abanov, DJ, Brian Horan. Oh, everybody who joined in tonight. There's way too many, way too many names for me to mention right now. Tina and Mike, everyone, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. on Living in a, on a Thin Line. My name's Tony Visick. Bye-bye.